0: Very interesting day in Madison today, where the governor has signed the maps that he drew and the legislature passed, and not many Democrats voted for those maps. It's very interesting, and we're expecting to be joined by State Senator Chris Larson coming up any minute now, I'm actually on hold with his office. It's been described as a game-changing moment for Wisconsin Democrats. New maps put the legislative majorities within reach especially in the Senate, it seems like, where they could, in the next few election cycles, easily become the majority. Now, it's interesting because Democrats, many of them, didn't want to vote for this for two reasons. One, it's the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court, they believe, would give them maps that were even more favorable to them, even though these were the governor's maps. The second is that they have a very real fear, a very real fear, that Republicans will take this back to court and that things won't end well there. If it gets to the U.S. Supreme Court. So many Democrats, which is fascinating to me, walked away from the governor and voted against the maps that he eventually signed, mostly because the maps had Republican backing. I think there were just four Democratic lawmakers, I think I read, that stood by the governor as in his conference room he signed the maps. That is stunning to me. That the governor drew maps. The governor's maps, the leader of the Democratic Party, drew maps, and those that were in his party voted against the maps, and that it still passed. It's just the craziness. The governor had said all along that if you sign my maps, talking to the legislature, I will sign them into law, and he said today, keeping that promise to me matters most, even if members of my own party disagree with me. To me, the decision to enact these maps boils down to this. I made a promise to the people of Wisconsin that I would always try to do the right thing, he said at a press conference in Madison. And now he's been on the move. Uh, Chris Larson is one of our state senators, and he is with us this afternoon. Chris, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me. Good to be on. Hey, I want to ask you about your drunk driving legislation in a moment, which is very important stuff, but first I want to begin with today's news, which is the governor signing the legislative maps. To me, it's stunning that these are the maps that the Democratic leader in our state drew up and passed, and most Democrats voted against it, uh, including you. Why did you vote against the maps?
1: Well, I was hoping that, given that the court process had already begun, uh, that that would have concluded, uh, see what they were coming up with to make sure to settle all of these outstanding questions um, that were brought up throughout the Throughout the lawsuit, um, but I think given, given where it was, um, Robin Voss and the Republicans blinked. They recognized that they were going to be handed maps, uh, that they couldn't intimidate the, the court. They were going to get something, and so they looked at the set before them. and uh, if you ever played Prices Right, they, they chose curtain number four and said, let's take this, pass it to the governor, and uh, the governor kept his word and signed it. So we have fairer maps coming for the, the first time in Wisconsin in, gosh, what, 14 years?
0: I'm surprised that Democrats didn't choose curtain number four, though, since the governor was the one standing in front of curtain number four. He said today he was disappointed that members of his own party didn't support his maps. How would you respond to that?
1: I don't I don't think it was an indictment on Governor Evers so much as it was an indictment on Robin Voss. I I can't think of a time where uh, he has put forward anything on on legislation that was going to be for the best interest on a bipartisan way. Uh, And so given his tactics, I, I still don't know what he was up to if he was visited by three ghosts. The night before, or if he sudden suddenly had a change of conscience, we're still trying to determine that. And it was, it was more him carrying that and uh, throwing it in front of the governor than uh, the governor submitting these before the courts. Well,
0: how do you this? How do you think this reflects on the legislature? If you're a voter in Wisconsin, you're listening to the news right now, and you and you're you're thinking, okay, we have new maps. How, how does this matter to somebody in Wisconsin?
1: Well, as of today, uh, your vote matters more than it did uh, yesterday. Uh, or any time in the last 12 years, uh, where because of gerrymandering, people's votes were drowned out. Too many people were in uh, gerrymandered districts where the outcome was almost predetermined based off of uh, what the usual voting pattern was, uh, given a safer distance between uh, one party over the other. Now that's going to be evened out, where there's more of a chance now, and I believe the, the figure says there's a 80 percent chance that uh, when there's a 50-50 election that the uh, outcome will will uh, will show the through the legislature um, by actually having if Democrats win the majority statewide that they would have the majority within the assembly. so I think for for a lot of people who uh, who've tried to contact their legislator on issues like uh, marijuana legalization, ending gun violence, Medicaid expansion, education funding where the phone was never answered, uh, I think they if they call their legislator today, um, that that call might get picked up.
0: State Senator Chris Larson with us on WTMJ. Senator, I want to ask you about some DUI-related legislation that you're behind requiring ignition interlock devices. For everyone convicted of a drunk driving offense, tell us about the legislation.
1: Yeah, speaking of bills that that haven't moved um, in the last decade, uh, this is one that is pretty common sense where a lot of other states already have uh, something similar to just try and tackle uh, the culture of drunk driving, um, which unfortunately has persisted in Wisconsin for too long. Um, This would require, upon conviction, anybody who has an uh, operating while intoxicated that they would have an ignition interlock device installed on any vehicle that they operate for one year thereafter. What that means is that there would be a physical block from an impaired driver in a vehicle that operates. Uh, they would have to blow uh, into the tube, which is a lot more advanced than it was a few decades ago, uh, to prove that they are sober, to prove that they are who they are um, before that vehicle will start. This saves lives um, in the, for the instances where it is required already, um, where people, if they um, are convicted under double the legal limit or if uh, they have repeat offenses. Uh, this has stopped 410,000 attempted drunk driving attempts over a 16-year period. Um, and this is shown by the Center for Disease Control and Prevention to re- reduce drunk driving recidivism by 67%. We know this works, and this is not the, the usual let's punish people until they do the right thing. This is putting a, a actual change in the culture. Anybody who gets in that car over the next year, if they're a passenger or if they're on a date or if they're part of a carpool, is going to ask questions. Uh, that word spreading is, I believe, what is going to change the culture, that there is a real consequence uh, for the next year after somebody is convicted.
0: And Senator, what are those costs to put on a vehicle?
1: Sure. The uh, initial cost and the cost to operate is is uh, borne by the person who uh, commits the offense. Um, there is a 435 OWI sur- surcharge, and there's 150 to a $300 fine for first offense. And then the cost to operate these usually runs about $3 a day.
0: You know, for a long time, Senator, on this show, we've discussed the need to get tougher on drunk drivers. And as I read your legislation, I'm struck by the fact that for a long time, we had a Republican legislator, legislator on the show often Jim Ott, And so there's Republicans and Democrats that are in favor of this, but it just doesn't get done. What do you think the chances are that this gets put into law?
1: I I, I, Yes. I worked with uh, Representative Ott when he was in the legislature on this, and uh, his successor, uh, Deb Andraka, is the lead assembly author, so it it crosses the partisan threshold. I've talked and had many good conversations with Republicans. On an individual basis, they do get this. Uh, I think it's just a matter of where the momentum is. And if enough, um, unfortunately, uh, every two hours, there is a new victim of drunk driving on average in the state of Wisconsin. Either somebody is killed or somebody is hurt every two hours on average. And those families have voices. Those voices hopefully will be heard and this will actually get through. Um, We have the worst drunk driving laws in the country where right now it's a moving violation. um, And most people just plea that down. So if folks want to be tough, if they want to be smart on this, this is something that actually uh, can have a huge difference. Right now, one, in three drunk driving convictions has somebody who who re-offends, this would change that culture. It would make sure that it actually stops, and it's it's not a partisan issue, uh, and I would hope that we would finally get it done before we break at the end of session here.
0: State Senator Chris Larson, you're always accessible to us, and we appreciate that. Thank you, Senator.
1: Thanks for covering this. Have a good one.
0: And to his point, I got hit by a drunk driver, and if I didn't have my seatbelt on, the sheriff's deputy said I would have been killed, and that was less than a year ago. So frightening. And the guy got charged with second-degree OWI. He slammed into me, and I was told it was three times the legal limit, and then he went to court and pled it down and wasn't even, at the end of the day, charged with OWI. We have got to get these laws fixed. It's wrong.